0: My goal is to make exploring new foods an easy, teachable moment that doesn't add a lot of time and stress to your day. Because we're all moms, we don't have a lot of time. Like you see, like I have my baby strapped to me. If there's something that I want to do and I can't put her down.
1: Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell, registered dietitian and personal trainer. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. We cut the baloney of the food shaming and focus on making healthy habits that work for you join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Feeding nutritious foods to your kids can be a never-ending battle with keeping kids fed and not complaining. (laughs) And that is why I seeked out registered dietitian nutritionist, Danny Lebowitz has set the stage for families to make mealtime and enjoyable experience. She has a wonderful website called Kid Food Explorers and provides many books and so many learning tools to help build a positive experience. Her materials will help transform any picky eater through childhood play. Her goal is to help grow confident, healthy, adventurous eaters. Join us for this conversation. And tell everyone who you are and what you do. Uh thank you so much for having me here today. Um my name
0: is Danny Lebovitz and I am a pediatric registered dietitian nutritionist early childhood education advocate and a mom of three. I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a four-month-old. And my mission is to help parents bring hands-on learning and sensory engagement into food education to foster curiosity, transforming your picky kiddos into adventurous eaters. I am author of eight food books, including Where Does Broccoli Come From?, A Book of Vegetables, which is an encyclopedia-type guidebook with 102 vegetables, and Variety, and the author of 101 Descriptive Words for Food Explorers, A Visual Guide for Adventures in Food. And I'm also the creator of Kid Food Explorers, which is an online community focused on food education, fun food play, STEAM activities. STEAM stands for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, and easy recipes to help get your kiddos in the kitchen and learn more about the food that we
1: eat. Um. I'm fangirling out of your stuff. <laughs> like, you guys, she has so many good books, materials, and we'll get all into that uh, as well. But uh, you really key in on what would you say your audience is? I would say my audience is, I, ha- I sort of
0: have uh, four audiences, okay. if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it, on social media, really, my audience is the the parent, but my resources and books are um, the end user are the kids. So basically, my audience are kids. So with kids, we build confidence with food discovery, hands-on learning, and fun food play. So all of my books and resources are designed for the child themselves, though I'm sort of branching out, creating tools to help parents facilitate that. And then what I focus on for parents, and uh, oftentimes my, uh, my audience is, is like 96% female, so I am the, Targeting the moms, and so I guide parents to create amazing teachable moments with pressure-free food exposure, so it doesn't have to add to the things that you already have on your laundry list every day. And then I have uh, resources that educators love to use. So what I hope to do with the educators, so there's uh, dietitians. Occupational therapists and speech language pathologists who like to use my resources and for them I hope to develop supportive food education and sensory exploration resources so that they can take what I've created to directly use with their clients. And then I just really started offering resources and tools for brands, predominantly food commodity boards uh, for uh, brand awareness, education and fun food integration so that I can combine my audience. So our parents, our moms, our educators to these different food commodity boards or brands that I love and use at home and show them how to explore these foods with on food play and STEAM activities and food literacy.
1: You have done all the legwork from placemats to alphabet (laughs) cards to cooking methods to even aprons uh, on your Etsy site (laughs) that I'm looking at. And I'm kind of sad my kids are 8, 10, and 13. I wish they were little again so I could use all your fun tools again. I mean, we can still use your tools. Don't get me wrong. But I love the alphabet cards for sure and all the other uh, (laughs) stuff that you have in there your posters um i already mentioned it to you before but your posters i want hanging in my dream office and you can <laughs> thank these, you these posters have like the plant cycles they have the five senses i want the one with the nutrients yeah good for my body nutrient poster i so want that one Um, You have so much. And then all your books as well. So you have so many books, but which one did you start with first?
0: So my first book that I started with was actually Where Do Bananas Come From? A Book of Fruits. And uh, I'm actually on my second edition because my first edition I did a Kickstarter campaign for. And I learned a lot about the publishing process. And so, and, and got a lot of feedback from my initial group of purchasers. And so with that information, when I was working on my second book, which is where does broccoli come from a book of vegetables, I realized that I really wanted to add in some variety. I wanted to make the content flow a little bit better. And what I really needed to do, because all my books are full color and I choose a higher quality paper, so the paper weight is higher because it's better for color saturation. These books are for kids, so I want them to be really vibrant. And so something I didn't love about my first attempt at self publishing was that I just went with the least expensive printing option and the final product was good but I have high standards and and because my target audience is kids I really wanted to uh, bring it up a notch so what I did was I actually increased the content by I couldn't uh, probably uh 100 pages because I added varieties in but what I did was I reorganized everything and so I increased the content and I read uh redesigned it so that instead of 52 fruits and fruits in that book which was one for each week of the year I had 52 fruits and then I also added in 10 varieties of 10 different fruits actually citrus i added more than that because there's too many citrus varieties to pick from that are hybrids of oranges um and so um yeah so that brings us to the new iteration of where does where do bananas come from a book of fruits which is 108 fruits and varieties uh, of uh, and it's essentially like an encyclopedia book. So it takes you from farm to forest. It teaches you about what photosynthesis is, the different types of fruit. So there are simple fruit, aggregate fruit and multiple fruit, uh, things that you wouldn't necessarily know, but that are actually really interesting because if you if you learn about the different fruit types, you would learn, for example, that a uh, blackberry and the strawberry are not in fact berries. They are an aggregate fruit and a berry is more like a grape or a blueberry. And then we talk about seasonality, exploring, um, the different cooking methods or how to use that food, how to explore that food with your five senses, uh, and then good for my body nutrients. So all of this is researched and it's based on, uh, on the USDA nutrient database for what a, a serving is to identify what foods are good sources of the different vitamins and minerals. Uh, but it's all based on iconography. So it's meant to be read and built upon. So like my girls are my, my big girls are two and four and they love this book because they love the images and the the digital illustration with the food photography. So you can still easily identify each fruit vegetable in the veggie book, but they really relate to the silly characters. And then we can talk about some of the topics. But for example, my uh, school aged kids, they really love to get into the nitty gritty. So then they'll, they'll notice the, you know, the nutrient iconography and, and they want to go back to the beginning of the book and, and talk about that and learn what those mean and things like that. So fun facts and Anything to get your kids exposed to a new food in a pressure-free way that is exciting and fun so that when they are with you at the grocery store, which is sort of odd right now, right? Because. I'm not really bringing my kids to the grocery store because of the pandemic. But um, if you bring them to a farm or a farmer's market or a grocery store, they are inspired to say, hey, that! I remember that from our book. That's a dragon fruit. I know how to pick it. Or they bring the book with them. They pick it. They bring it home. They explore it. And if it leads to tasting, well, then now you have grown an adventurous theater.
1: You're building a fun experience for the kids and a positive one. I, you're... Was it a reel, I think, that you had where you had the kids bowling with coconuts? That was so <laughs> yeah. cute. And then then you put it in the air fryer. Like, I, I myself, have never tried coconut before. And I'm like, I bet that's delicious. Um, you're, you're not Super only easy. T- teaching yeah. kids, you're teaching adults, too. I mean, you're exposing new ways for the entire family.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. I um, asked for a couple of testimonials. I just recently redid my website. And I got a, a message back that was exactly along those lines. Like, I didn't realize that I this is a parent thing. I didn't realize that I was prohibiting or the the limitation factor for my kid to trying new foods because I wasn't experienced with it. I didn't purchase it and bring it in the house. And so uh, you know, when they started exploring these foods in the book and they were interested, we would make an effort to purchase something and then explore it together. And I learned new things and, and and here and my goal is really to say, hey, there's all these really cool things out there. We often get stuck in a rut and eating the same things all the time. but it doesn't have to be that way. And yes, a new food can be scary for a child and we often recognize that. But what we don't always talk about is like, this happens to parents too. Like we uh, have a distinct memory and this was, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago, my mom came to visit me and I was serving Brussels sprouts for dinner. And my mom literally walks in the kitchen and goes, I don't like Brussels sprouts. I don't even know why you're serving Brussels sprouts. I, how are you eating Brussels sprouts? I never served it to you as a child. That is not something we had in the home because I don't like them. And I said, well, um, let me prove you wrong. Let me show you how I enjoy Brussels sprouts and, and tell me if I if I did my job right. So oh, I prepared it for dinner and now my mom took on Brussels sprouts. And so my goal is to kind of reduce those barriers. Like you said, you would never had coconut. Well, coconuts are intimidating because they have this hard husk and shell. But my goal is to teach you the it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. I can make a, you know, 15 second or 30 second reel sped up, of course, but of how to break open into something new and really show you that it doesn't have to be difficult. And then an easy recipe that you can do with your kids uh, to explore it.
1: Right. Um, I'm laughing so hard at your mom's story because <laughs> I myself, I think. I think the vegetables we had were maybe iceberg lettuce and canned green beans. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the extent right. of it. Yeah. And so... <laughs> yeah. And I don't really care for... I mean, I, liked, I like iceberg lettuce
0: because it's really nice and crunchy. Cran, canned green beans are not my jam. And I thought I didn't like green beans because I had only had them from a can. And, you know, fast forward to preparing my own food. You just... <laughs> I love raw green beans. I love sauteed green beans. I love roasted green beans. But if you overcook them or you steam them, they're just not for me. And that's okay. Finding ways that we enjoy them.
1: Yeah. And you do make it super easy because you show videos of you with your baby in tow in the carrier (laughs) making these easy recipes, whether it's in the air fryer or cutting up some different fruit or vegetable and mm-hmm. I noticed that you commented one time on my post. I, it was a fruit or vegetable, maybe parsnips. I don't remember. And I was like, okay. "Oh yeah." Uh-huh. I was like, kind of wanted to hide a little bit because I'm like, I'm sure you've had every single type of fruit and vegetable there are with this, with all your great exploration in your materials. Is that true? Uh,
0: I, ha- I mean, nobody has tried everything. There's <laughs> some that I haven't. I know there's. I-, I could go through the book and look and tell you if you're really interested, but I'm always looking and learning to try new things. You know, we ha- we're a military family, so we had the opportunity to live in Germany for four years. And when we were in Germany, we had access to a lot of more obscure fruits and vegetables that I haven't seen here, like um, bitter melon or... Um, a uh, mango scene or, um, uh, fresh jackfruit, which now I've been seeing that in, in local stores. Oftentimes, I'll uh, go to like an Asian market, and they have really cool things to try, like a durian. Uh, so I think it's just having that kind of curious and wonder mindset, putting on your big girl panties, and saying, "Let's explore and try something new." And whether you use my books or you, you know, go to your good friend Google or YouTube to watch other people helping you feel comfortable. And familiarize yourself, I think you're never too old to become a food explorer.
1: You're opening up the doors for everyone. And here's a testimonial here too from your site. It says, we love this book and enjoy discovering new veggies every evening at bedtime. We even mark the pages of the ones we want to try that week, especially if they are in season. This is a fun way to learn about some veggies we hadn't tried. The author also describes the best way to shop for and store them. Oh, see? You give them everything. <laughs> um, we love the characters and the kids. The kids giggle at all the animations. I mean, you really make it fun too. So, um, such great information. Whether it's the learning experience or also going into the five food senses and and asking, giving or giving the parent good questions to ask too.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's really important. I you know, I never liked to talk about picky eaters before. And so if you looked at my old website, I really didn't have like the term picky eaters on there because I would rather focus on the positive. Like instead of saying you have a picky eater, I would say like, oh, let's grow adventurous eaters. But that doesn't necessarily resonate because that what do you emotionally feel pain about? Well, I have a picky eater. So oftentimes peers in and other dietitians who have a similar focus, their focus is on helping the parent to navigate and find strategies to overcoming picky eaters. And I really have a a niche a little bit more narrow than theirs because what I want to do is not all of the picky eating stuff. I want to talk about, uh, food exploration and expanding palates beyond their daily experience in a fun way. And sometimes that doesn't start with taste testing. Sometimes it starts with bowling with a coconut or smashing it on the ground outside or pulling off the husk, uh, whatever it is that gets your kids excited. I, if you have older kids, you know, I have more steam related activities that are associated with building or math or things like that so that you are never, yes, mirroring helps. Yes. Frequent exposure helps. But if you are interacting with something in a very neutral and positive way they are more likely going to want to get to that point and trying it and that brings us to the five senses because once they get to that point where they're like okay I'm willing to try something new then it is all about using descriptive words to talk about those foods and I, I recently had a mom reach out to me on Etsy saying she liked my have these food explorer placemats and it comes with like a 20 page guide and some lesson plans. And so that sounds cumbersome, but really it's, it's just to help you navigate and guide you, uh, to explore foods with kids. And, um, basically uh, there's a, my food explorer placemat and then a my food explorer comparison mat. And so the regular placemat, you can just put down, put your plate or your food in the center and you explore the food and it gives you, Prompts and all you need is, is the placemat itself, and then the comparison mat. You can either compare two different foods, the same food prepared two different ways. For example, uh, you could you could do uh, carrots versus broccoli. You could do uh, you could do broccoli raw versus roasted, or you could do two varieties of the same food. So it could be. Um, I don't know. It could be uh, a mandarin orange and a uh, and a car car orange, or it could be like a navel orange and a car car orange, or something like that. So you're really um, identifying the similarities and differences and celebrating those things. And so the at the bottom of the at the bottom of the placemat, I have hedonic scale, and the hedonic scale is like these smiley faces to say how much you enjoyed a food. And I always try and keep it really positive. Uh, I like, I don't like to talk about food in a negative way. So I never say like, eh, like my kids are trained. We don't say, ew, that's yucky. We say, um, it's not my favorite. I'm still exploring it. So if there's something they don't like at the table, they, they're allowed to say that they don't like it. But the words that we use is, um, it's not my favorite. We're still exploring it. Well, this mom it was, ultra food positive and didn't like at the bottom of the scale I say this life and I agree with that in a lot of ways but there's one instance where I really want to empower kids to feel confident with their taste buds and that is if you are able to tell me things or qualities attributes that you don't like, because we all have them, then it is okay to just dis- to identify that you dislike a feature about a food. Uh, and and that's sort of building autonomy and honoring those tiny preferences. So the example that I like to use, which actually inspired the idea for these math and uh, the, my approach to education is when I used to see clients one-on-one, I would have I, can't, I have probably half a dozen times parents would come in and say, my children hate tomatoes. They love pasta sauce and they love pizza, but they cannot stand tomatoes. And so if you give kids the words to uh, understand what their taste buds are telling them, and when I say taste buds, you know, it's like their eyes, their, their mouths, their hands, the texture, all of these things that give you those sensory inputs, you might find, well, they dislike the slimy texture and the kind of popping of the seeds. And if you learn that, you know, it's not the flavor, it's a texture thing. So then you could look either for a low seeded variety of a tomato, or you can scoop out the seeds and your kid might do really well with a little sweet cherry tomato and it might be one of their favorite foods. And so it's really getting to the root cause of those feelings and encouraging that autonomy and, and sensory exploration and, and, Letting a child talk about those things and empowering them to be have the ability to talk about those things.
1: And that's where your resources are so helpful because you're the trained professional in here and not every parent knows how to make it um, or even what to say. So I can see why that would be so beneficial. Um, I know, it's just giving them that first taste and let letting them feel it out. I remember years ago, I did a uh science fair and we like taste test- tested some things and I did jicama and oh, I, mm-hmm. one kid uh, actually I got a lot of good response from it um. I came back the next year and they all remembered me because they were like, you had the jicama. Yeah. Do you have any more of that jicama? I could not believe they remembered that from a whole Mm. year ago. So that's amazing. That's so awesome. It tells you that kids remember certain things and I'm sure they'll be asking for it, uh, asking for it. For their parents, too. So I just have to laugh.
0: You made it a whole learning experience. See, and I think it goes back to, you know, different children learn different ways. And so I think the reason why I call myself an experience based educator, and the name, even though my social media handle is Kid Food Explorer, the name of my business is Experience Delicious because I want you to feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm the type of learner. I can't, if I, I don't learn if I hear it or if I see it, but if I'm doing it, if I'm part of the process, that's, that's memorable to me. That is something that builds a, a level of ease and comfort and fun and cements itself in my memory. And you clearly did that because those kids came back looking for you for that <laughs>
1: Oh, they were so they're so cute when when they think you're a rock star and you're you're giving you're handing out vegetables. So, <laughs> right? um, yeah. so you were kind of in this area before you had kids, correct? Tell us about your. Journey yeah, I've
0: right actually. Yeah, I've been working in education since I was 15. Actually, I. Well, actually younger than that because I started uh, teaching and doing art activities at a, just volunteering at a um, local long-term facility because I didn't live near grandparents and I really loved that and then I was tutoring my neighbor who was in elementary school and then when I could get a job at 15, my first job, I worked at the Denver Art Museum in the education department. And basically what I would do is I work every Saturday and Sunday from like eight in the morning until four in the afternoon. My mom had to drive me there and back because I couldn't drive yet. And then I work every uh, holiday, like spring break. And what I, we would do camps um, for the spring break and things like that. But every Saturday and Sunday I was involved. It was called the family backpack. Program. and just a really interactive, fun experience, and I just loved being part of that. And so I've always thought after opportunities to work with kids. Uh, when I was in my undergrad, I worked with a program called Program Energy, which was going into second, fourth, and sixth grade, teaching nutrition education curriculum to help reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes, and then in my internship at Johns Hopkins Baby Medical Center, we would go, there were two opportunities. One was working in like a PED unit in a hospital and one was working at a weight management clinic for kids. And so I got to see what I... Liked and didn't like about those opportunities and how to relate to kids. And then working for the Air Force for six and a half years, every opportunity I had, I would take. We I would go to a local farmers markets, and uh, or there was one local farmers market, and I would set up like a booth and do taste testings, and I would do kids activities. I helped bring in a program called the Catch Kids Program to the base, which was thirty minutes of nutrition education and thirty minutes of physical activity. And I also had the opportunity to volunteer with the Boys and Girls Club of America and kind of, you know, teach nutrition education. And, you know, kids don't know where their food comes from. They think it comes from a grocery store. They have no idea that apples grow on trees if no one ever told them or showed them. And so that's actually how the idea of my resources were born, because I thought, I need to bring, if, I, if kids can't get to a farm or they're not seeing or learning where their food comes from, from what they have accessible to them in their home, well, I'm going to create a resource for them to bring these ideas to them, whether it's in school or in, in the home as well.
1: You have so many resources. Where would be a good starting point uh, to look at?
0: So you can visit my website, which is KidFoodExplorers.com, and I have a whole uh, book page so you can learn about those books. I have an Amazon Authors page, which is everything kind of there in one place. and Or, you know, follow me, follow me on Instagram at KidFoodExplorers or on Facebook. And what my, my page I like to do is I follow... a a new food I call them food units every two weeks two to three weeks or so where I take you on an exploration of a new food from how to pick store and eat it to a couple of easy recipes to incorporate it with at least one or two steam activities some are designed for younger kids some are designed for your older kids and just really trying to support my community to learn about a new in-season food every two or three weeks. And my goal this year is to take all the content that I have posted and educated about on social media and content that I have in my books and put them on a blog in a place that creates a free way to gather this information that's easily accessible anytime. So you don't have to scroll through my feed. So that's sort of where I'm moving with this website as well.
1: Um, I'm just thinking myself for summer activities. And I, th- I think my kids and I are going to follow along with where, bro- where does broccoli come from and go through that book. And maybe it's just even one time per week, but um I think that's that sounds so much fun just to get little snippets of of the good information in there, and it doesn't have to be a lot. But even a small amount of that exposure can really help. So you got my wheels turning here for the summer already. I'm excited
0: <laughs> well, and and something I do want to say is that my goal is to make exploring new foods an easy, Teachable moment that doesn't add a lot of time and stress to your day because we're all moms we don't have a lot of time. Like, you see, like, I have my baby strapped to me if there's something that I want to do and I can't put her down. Like, okay, we're, we're doing it together. You know, obviously, I, I feel like it's not ideal for videoing and stuff like that, but, you know, we're living in the moment. But my goal is so that you can explore these foods without having to do a whole lot of extra prep work. I've, I've been told I have mom recipes, which at first I was kind of like, oh, that kind of hurts my feelings. And then I, I just... I just realized, you know what, I'm gonna own it. Yeah, my recipes are mom recipes because they're freaking easy. You don't have to have a bunch of fancy things in your pantry. You don't have to do a whole lot of prep work. They're not gonna take you very much time. Because I'm a mom and I don't have those things. So everything, and and so what I try and do with the activities too is make it something that you're not doing a whole lot of preparation for to, to make these things happen, uh, for your family. So I'm, I'm so glad that you want to do that. And I would encourage if you ever have questions, you're like, I need inspiration for this. Just send me a, a DM on Instagram and I'll respond with some ideas for you. Or if I don't have an easy recipe, I will, I will send you an easy recipe that I like or have used myself. Uh, and and also, the last thing to say about that is that it doesn't have to be expensive and you don't have to produce a lot of waste. So I think a barrier to exploring a new food is the, you know parents are like, well, I don't want it to go to waste or if nobody likes it, I'm the only one to eat it. And so I, in that case, would say there's two ways to think about it. Um, the first way is that you buy, you buy supplies for your kids to do arts and crafts projects, you buy supplies for them, you buy toys, you buy, you know, sports equipment, you buy all these things. So you're already spending money on other things that you want your kids to invest their time in. And so exploring a new food could be one of those investments too. It just happens to be edible. And two, don't start out with a large quantity. Start out with something small. And then if everybody enjoys it, then you could buy more. And if nobody likes it, well, you know, you can you can enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it yourself, then you can compost it or give it to wildlife or, you know, there are other things you can do. Or even just play with that food it, it, with not necessarily the intention that you are going to, you know, eat it.
1: You made up a great point there, too. Um, yeah, don't buy Perry Simmons from Costco. Like, try to find it in a bulk quantity, I'm saying. <laughs>
0: right, right. Well, and for, for Simmons, too, it's like, um, that. you know, it's like a new new foods can be an acquired taste. So go to a regular store, purchase one when it's in season. And the other thing to say about Costco or, like, these big these big box stores is that they their are even not their produce is not always the least expensive and the reason for that and I'm sure you know this um but maybe the listeners don't is that fruit is graded and so there are varying qualities of produce and that doesn't mean that One quality that the best quality is more nutritious than say the lowest quality. That's not the case at all. In fact, it could be the contrary. They could the least the lowest quality could be more nutritious. It is based on a visual grading scale, and so consumers purchase with their eyes. And so your big box stores like BJ's or Costco or even Sam's Club, they are looking to get you know, the highest quality. So like a bag of apples at, we don't, Costco isn't close to where I'm living currently, but we have a BJ's and BJ's has a bag of apples. that's like three pounds for $9. That's a lot of money for three pounds of apples, and so <laughs> I don't buy those apples there because they are these big, beautiful, perfectly shaped apples, and I like them. They look beautiful, but that's a little out of my budget, but if I, say, go to a regular grocery store, I can buy apples that look Nice too. They may not be your perfection uh, for a fraction of the cost. Or say, for example, if I drive an hour to Trader Joe's buying some other things, you know they they can get a better deal because they're not necessarily seeking out the the highest quality of visual perfection and visual perfection does not equate to being more delicious than anything else. Basically, I I give you an idea in my books or my videos of what to look for and what to avoid. And as long as you're avoiding the ones that have damage or, you know, things that make it inedible, then, uh, you know, you can enjoy your less expensive produce, uh, in the same way, and explore for a lot less money than, say, your big clamshell of beautiful persimmons.
1: Right, um, and you do you you give great great tips on what to look for on how to buy a melon or whatever whatever else it may be in that aspect. But I wanted to point out they're playing with food. I think my kids have done this, and I think I saw your kiddos do that. Did they make it into a baby too? Was that the coconut? <laughs> I think my kids put a, a butternut squash in a diaper once and was you know that's
0: amazing. <laughs> I think uh, I think I've just gotten rid of it. You know, I really love um uh, I love the fall, and they have all these really fun shaped gourds. And so, what I did was that we put googly eyes on them and just had them as
1: our centerpiece. So they looked really funny, like they were always looking at us all fall long. Oh, you always make it so much fun. So, Experience Delicious is your site, and on uh, the new site, it's KidFoodExplorers.com is your Kid, site. Okay, Kid Foods Explorers. Great. And then that's the same as your mm-hmm. handle as well, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Good. Yeah, If you, my old site was experiencealiciousnow.com and that'll forward straight to the new site. But you can go straight to the new site, kidswithexplorers.com.
1: Great. Um, I'm excited to start some fun stuff for the summer. And uh, yeah, you have so much information. Any Anything else that you need to add or that we forgot? Uh,
0: I would just say I... I just want to invite parents to explore new foods with their kids and that it can be fun and pressure-free for everyone. And this could be an opportunity to make time to do something with your kids that's fun. It can be a bonding moment and an opportunity to make wonderful memories while building everyday
1: life skills. Totally. And parents will learn something as well. So I love it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. On to our closing questions real quick, and then we will wrap it up. Um, Okay. If you were in a TV show, which one would you be in?
0: If I got to pick any TV show to be on, I would love to be on something like Sesame Street. Because then I could do some hands on food exploration theme activities and food play with not only the kids but the, the characters
1: on Sesame Street. You've heard it here first, unless you maybe said that before, <laughs> but that you're you're putting on mm-hmm. that vibe. I love it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, there's a new show on Netflix with Michelle Obama, so that would be that would be goals too. It's waffles and mochi, so that would be um, amazing as well. But just really, uh, I really love the the childhood demographic. You know, uh, preschool to and up to school age is really who I love to serve and influence in a in a positive way to explore and feel comfortable trying new foods.
1: That's a great answer. Um, what is one food someone has said a dietitian eats that? Ooh, I think it's
0: probably like cookies, candies, cakes. I love, uh, I'm an equal opportunity eater and I don't discriminate. And I love dessert. So I eat a lot of anything that sounds good to me. And I have had many a comment like, about ice cream or cake or whatever I'm eating. And I've also had people make comments that I let my children eat these things as well. And, you know, they, the recommendations are no sugar before one and you're supposed to with the, you know, the guidelines, you're supposed to limit it to a certain amount of grams per day and things like that. And that's sort of where I subscribe to more of the intuitive eating uh, way of providing foods to my kids. You know, I, I, I uh, sometimes I'll let them have as much as they want. Sometimes I put out what I'm willing to give and it's amazing to watch them intuitively say, Oh, I've made a little bowl of ice cream or I've given them a cookie or a piece of cake and they have a couple of bites in there are completely satisfied and able to walk away from it because I haven't given it all of this power. So um, I, I try and follow that for myself and I try and empower my kids to have those feelings and abilities. So I don't vilify any foods, even if other people impart their personal uh, diet culture on on the things that I'm enjoying.
1: Right. I've kind of am learning as I'm going, um, but I've said this before, but my Daughter, when she was six, would go over to the neighbors and eat pop tarts, and I was that was like the light bulb moment that I'm like, oh, maybe I need to buy some more snacky type food because,
0: well, and that's the thing, right? If 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 you don't have it at home at all, it becomes this really special, highly sought after item, something that might be um, sneaky, and so it's sort of like sometimes I'll. You know, when there's a big event, like, you know, I, I didn't realize Easter and Halloween had so much in common, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I had kids. but you know, when they get all the surplus of candy, I keep it out for a couple of days and you know, the first day I'll say like, Oh yeah, you know, have as much as you want. And then I say, you know, listen to your tummy though, because it, you know, you don't want to get a bellyache, but listen to your body. And so they can kind of choose and then they, you know, learn to kind of taper it off. And for the next week, they'll ask for more than I'm really comfortable giving, but I'm trusting them to kind of learn about their bodies. And then I put it out of sight and out of mind. And then when they ask me for something again, I say yes or no when, when I see fit and, and I'm not giving that food power because it's not untouchable. And so... I think, I think you, you know, I've learned it at a young age, but now, you know, your six-year-old, does she still try and eat that at the neighbor's house?
1: No, no. We now have Pop-Tarts here and there, but, you know, uh, now she's 13. So, yes, they definitely uh, know what foods make them feel good and what foods don't Mm -hmm. make them feel good if they have too much, so... That's, it's, it's a learning process. I love that. I love it. So kind of with that, what is your favorite feel good food?
0: Oh, do you mean like if I'm having a bad day, what do I reach for? Or like what makes me feel my best, like, and perform like throughout the day or give me energy?
1: I would say pick either or. Notice how I put feel good because it's not like Mm. good or bad. It's whatever you want it. What makes me
0: feel good. (laughs) Hmm, That is so hard. I'm just such a food lover. So it's hard for me to pick just one. I think if I am going to pick something that makes me you know, get an immediate endorphin release should probably be ice cream, because I love ice cream. But um, on an, any given day of food that I really love to eat, which is going to sound really cliche coming from a dietitian, but I really love making fancy salads. But when i say fancy salads i'm like really lazy so i'm talking i will get like a mixed greens and then i'll open a bag of like one of the pre-made like mixed salads that have like cabbage and like cilantro and things like that and i'll mix that in there and then maybe an avocado on top and some dressing like italian dressing or there's an avocado ranch dressing that i really like and i feel like when I eat something like that, I feel like I'm really nourishing my body, and it tastes really good with all the textures and the flavors. So, that you got an answer to each of those.
1: Wonderful! It's like restaurant inspired, kind of like salads. It it's like it's mom restaurant
0: inspired, <laughs> lazy mom restaurant inspired. You got two minutes to make yourself lunch. What's it gonna be? Right.
1: <laughs> so true. You're you're my kind of uh, chef for sure. <laughs> um, best or latest book you have read?
0: I have not read a book <laughs> for pleasure
1: in a very long time since I have a newborn. Um, uh, how about you share your best selling book?
0: Oh, okay. Um, My best-selling book is probably, I would say it's either my, I'd have to look at the numbers, but it's either my vegetable book, so Where Does Broccoli Come From, A Book of Vegetables, which takes you from farm to fork with 102 different veggies and varieties, or it would be my 101 Descriptive Words, and this is 101 Descriptive Words for Food Explorers, a visual guide for adventures in food, and basically this is a book that I wrote, with my kids in mind because I was trying to teach them descriptive words and it's really like I wanted them to be able to tell me what their taste buds were telling me. And so it's done through visual illustrations. So for example, uh, something that is juicy. Well, when I think of something that's juicy, I think about biting into a watermelon with, with juice coming down your, with da- down your cheek. So the image, for the page of juicy is a picture, a, a beautifully illustrated picture of a uh, a child eating watermelon. Um, if I think of something that's gritty, uh, sand is something that I think is gritty. So there's a image of a sand castle and so really this is meant for kids to kind of look at an image and be able to tell you what the descriptive word is and then be able to use it to talk about what they're experiencing like slimy there is a slug um, <laughs> you know going across the uh across the page and so it really can connect kids with adjectives to talk about their likes and their dislikes. So oh, those would probably be my two.
1: That's adorable. Um, and some of those words, just thinking about it, we kind of assume kids know what they mean. But you put it into good right. visual pictures for them to really learn and know. Oh, my gosh. Right. I appreciate everything you have provided today. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was so much fun. I just purchased both of her books, Where Does Broccoli Come From and Where Do Bananas Come From?, And they are absolutely gorgeous, and the graphics, facts, and tips are the perfect kid bite-sized bits of information. There are even some fruits and vegetables that I have never heard of, and I can't wait to try. Not only are they designed to be fun for kids, I feel like learning so much about the different colorful foods, from where they are grown to storing tips and easy nutrition benefits. I will definitely take a look at more of her materials. I hope you enjoyed this episode and my goal is to give you more helpful resources to keep nutrition easy and fun. I think I nailed it with this episode because Danny was fantastic. Go ahead and check her out on her website and social media page as she shares so many good tips for parents introduced to their kids at any age. Until next time, my friends, thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.